Here we go again. Hurricane Ian bearing down on Florida. Clouds and worse will soon hit the Sunshine State. But there's also good news. Floridians are preparing sooner than normal. The seriousness of the situation has led to action. Generators, water, propane, it's all flying off the shelves in preparation for Hurricane Ian. Sandbags are being filled, go bags are being packed in case of a sudden evacuation. Hurricanes are known to turn at the last minute. I've experienced that living in Florida. But then there's still Puerto Rico with much of the island still without power even after a week. Fiona didn't do much to America, but Atlantic Canada found hundreds of thousands without power after the storm rumbled north. For a Christian, prepping means praying. It means serving. Not just thinking about yourself when the weather gets ugly. Remember Christ's words, In this world we will have tribulation. But take heart, Jesus has overcome the world. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, where we get to share the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a program series called Overcoming the World. Yesterday, we heard a powerful interview with Jeremy Camp, his first wife's battle with cancer, the songs that came through that trial, how they both found hope in Christ alone, and how Melissa Camp was convinced that even if one life was touched by Jesus through her cancer, it would be all worth it. An amazing story of how the Lord not only touched one life, Jeremy's included, but now millions of lives all around the world as he shares their story. Jeremy will be back with us in just a moment to talk about his upbringing in Indiana and how his father's heart to reach the lost in his hometown deeply affected him. And after that, we're going to the upper room where Jesus spent time with his disciples and shared about this life to come. We all need to be reminded that when you're in Christ Jesus, no matter how dark life might seem, It only will get brighter in eternity with him. After the program, I'd like to send you a copy of the movie about Jeremy and Melissa Camp's story. The movie's called I Still Believe. My wife Janet and I really enjoyed this DVD, and I think you will as well. It's a well-made film with the Irwin Brothers, the same guys who brought you I Can Only Imagine. And what my wife and I really liked about this movie is that it shows us that even if life is a mess, the Lord is with us, and His love can strengthen us day after day. And that's something we all need more of today, don't we? Yes, this movie might move you to tears at times like it did me, but they will be tears of joy as your faith is strengthened in the power and hope found only in Christ. Our number to call after the program is 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online, watch the trailer and a little excerpt from the movie, and then make your gift when you visit haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And just before we open with our first song of the day, let me remind you that we still have our faithful queen, 70 years of faith and service on Queen Elizabeth. I'll share more about it later in the program, but now let's hear from Jeremy Camp, a song called Overcome. Seated above and thrown in the Father's love Destined to die, pulled out for all mankind 
God's only Son, perfect in spotless one. And He never sinned, but suffered as if He did. today here on this Tuesday. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. 
and now I want us to meet up with Jeremy Kemp like we did yesterday. I asked him to share how his small-town upbringing in Indiana and his father had an effect on his ministry today. Being brought up in a small town, I would just go with my dad places as he's minister, and, and I played sports all my life. And then at one point, you know, I asked my dad to teach me some guitar chords, and I said, hey, I want to learn some guitar chords as well. And <laughs> so he taught me a few chords, and, and really the rest is history. I just realized that, wow, I love this. I started writing songs. Um, it was just an integral part of, you know, watching my dad go out and minister. He would play music, you know, and he would preach the gospel and, and share about Jesus. And I love watching that. And so it was a big, um, I think, culture, you know, creator for me in a sense, watching that be a part, a massive part of um, my life and walking by faith. I mean, literally having times when we didn't have much at all and God would provide for our needs supernaturally. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I had a, an idea of, of God's supernatural provision and stepping out in faith. And I think it was just preparation for what was to come. Mm. And I guess there were uh, townies and there were also students at Purdue and you were one of the townies then growing up there. Yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a little battle back and forth between the two, I guess, at times then. <laughs> well, I think, you know, you have like a, a the majority, there's like 20,000 students or something. And then it's like, you know, 40,000 people, you know, right, it's right. Like, so it's like they take over and, it was so rad, though. I actually really, I think, because my dad had such a heart um, for the area, I always saw it as an opportunity, especially because there was people from all over the world that went there. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it was like, yeah, this is this is kind of special. I mean, it's like a melting pot of people, and you get a minister. So it's, it was it was just the perspective that you have to shift, you know, uh, to make it beneficial. Mm, wow. Well, at what point did you start? figuring out maybe you had a gift to write music, people wanted to hear the songs that you had written. At what point along the way? That was just pretty much when you got to Calvary Bible College in Southern California, not too many miles from where I used to live. Yeah. <laughs> um, it must have happened. Did it, did it ease in that you realized that the Lord had given you some talent that others wanted to hear? Or was it like an overnight kind of thing? No, it definitely eased in because, you know, like I said, I grew up playing sports all my life. And so that was kind of a major part of what I wanted to do. And so music was kind of a secondary thing that slowly became something that I realized, oh, I think God's using this. You know, I think it's a it's an avenue for me to minister. And so I remember, you know, writing my first song and it was called Set Me Free. And it was me sharing just things that I was going through and asking the Lord to set me free from sin. And so I was realizing I could write what I was dealing with or what God was teaching me um, through music. And I saw how God used that to affect people's lives. And so I went, okay, Lord, if this is what you're doing, then I'm going to walk through it. And so that began the journey of really not me necessarily pursuing. It was just me going, okay, Lord, I realize I have a call in my life. I went to Bible college and I felt that call. And then at that point it was just like, okay, God, you open the doors because I don't know what to do. And obviously he did. And, and that's what I tell people, let him open the doors. Don't try to kick doors open. And I think right. that, right. that is the key to knowing that it's the Lord doing it and not you forcing your way into it. <laughs> hey, that's the key for any of us living life, isn't it? We, we, we want to be able to, to be known. We want to do something and be successful. But yet, I think those in the Christian world who the Lord has blessed with some measure of success, right. uh, it just happens. You, you can't lay out a plan and follow six steps or five steps and right. make that happen. It, it, it just happens. And I assume you still have young musicians come up to you and want to know, 
how can I be Jeremy Kemp? You know, how can I be as, 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 and, 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 and so I think you just gave me the answer to that question, didn't you? Yeah. I think we kind of think of success as big numbers so often. And God kind of looks at success in the eyes of really how faithful you've been with, with what he's given you. And, you know, someone like me, if he's given me this kind of bigger platform, if I've been faithful with, you know, 25% of it, and then this person that's been given a lot smaller platform is faithful, you know, with hundred percent of it, they've done greater and have been in ex- and it, yes. you know, an extent more of a success in the eyes of the Lord. Not that God loves one person more, but there's more of like, you've been more faithful with what I've been given you. And so I think that is the key is just to be faithful where God has you and let him open the doors. And don't don't look at success as numbers. Look at it as the amount of just being faithful with what God has in front of you. This is Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris. We're in a series this week called Overcoming the World. I'm so thankful for the time we're getting to spend with musician Jeremy Camp. Whether you, like Jeremy, have lost a loved one or not, this life is hard. In fact, it's hard for some of us right now. No getting around it. Oh, how we need to set our minds on the world to come. Well, that's exactly what I found myself doing on past trips to Jerusalem. There in the old city, so many pilgrims of different faiths, not just Christianity, coming to look for something. Of course, our Jewish friends came to pray for God to finally send his Messiah. And so I pray. And so every time I've been to Jerusalem, walking the old streets of the city, I pray that Jews would come to know that he has already sent the Messiah. And that Messiah is coming again soon. Not far from where I pray is the neighborhood where the upper room would have been. It was there that Jesus gave his famous upper room discourse the night before his death. The Gospel of John records this farewell speech in great detail, and I'd like us to spend the next few moments looking at what went on that night as they were together. So let's look together at John 13 and see how Jesus sets our minds on the life to come. When Judas was gone, Jesus said to the rest of the disciples, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him... God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You'll look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Then Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered, where I am going, you cannot follow, but you will follow later. That's John 13, 31 to 36. Did you hear what Jesus said? Twice he said that he's going somewhere and where he's going, he will be glorified. That's the life to come. When it comes to thinking about the glories of heaven, you and I have been perhaps too influenced by precious moments, figures, and Medieval paintings. Scripture doesn't tell us too much about what it's to be like. We'll find out for ourselves one day. But this we do know. Heaven is all about Jesus. He's there. And if he's there, then it'll be the most satisfying experience we can imagine. An experience that won't end. Jesus told his disciples there in the upper room a couple of important things. He said that believers would eventually follow him there. And he gave us instructions to follow in the meantime. Let's look at both of these. 
First, Jesus had already gone to glory, but one day believers will follow him there. I've already used the word heaven today, and it's true that that's where Jesus has gone. But that's not the whole story. When Jesus talks about his glorification in this passage, he says that it's something that is happening at that moment and that it is about to happen. He said it in verses 31 and 32. Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. Jesus was talking this way because he knew what was just around the corner. He was going to die. What looks to the eyes of flesh like a great defeat is really a moment of glory. As Jesus would die on the cross the following day, he was actually accomplishing the work that he had come to do. He was crushing sin as well as Satan and hell. And in that way, even the cross was his glorification. But more glory would come. The Father would also glorify the Lord Jesus by raising him from the dead and taking him up into the heavens. And that's where he is, seated at the right hand of the majesty there on high. What we can so easily forget is that the Christ who is there in the heavens is still true God, but also true man. With both a body and a soul, a human being stepped across that thin veil that separates earth and heaven. And at that moment, something about heaven changed. Once it was just a place of rest for the souls of believers. But now King Jesus is there preparing a place for us. The life to come is that great kingdom, and we will live there with resurrected bodies, together again, at last, with the Savior of the world. Jesus has gone before us, but he says to you and me today, you're coming too. Don't let the pain and confusion of this life cause you to forget. Your life is hidden with Christ on high, and one day you'll go there to enjoy it fully. But there's a second thing. Jesus gives us instructions to follow while we wait for that day. Well, what is that instruction? Love one another. How we need to hear that over and over again today. With so much, well, injustice in our world, what can we possibly do as followers of Christ? Jesus knows. He says it three times in the passage we just read. Love one another. If you want to make a statement to a broken world today, Jesus gives you the most effective form of protest that there will ever be. Love. He says that's how the world will know we are believers. But more than that, it's how we thank him for loving us first. Our Savior is in the heavens, but he is not absent. We have his Holy Spirit. And while you struggle through this life, remember the life to come. Ask the Lord even now to help you see how you might better love your neighbor. And then the world will see that we belong to him even as we turn our eyes to Jesus. Oh, soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see.
upon Jesus here on this Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris. They say we're living in the golden age of TV streaming or streaming to your phone like never before. We have so many options to watch movies and TV shows these days. 
but very few are worth our time. So many movies just aren't that good, to be honest, even if they were well-made. But that's why I want to recommend a movie that is well-made, and it will help you in your faith with Jesus Christ. Jeremy Camps, I still believe, is the true life story about him and his wife, Melissa. It is a story of hope and trial, the biggest trial, Jeremy says, he ever faced. But through it all, it's a story that reminds us that the Lord is always with us. And in these uncertain times, that's something we all need to be reminded more of. I want to send you your own copy of I Still Believe. It's a DVD. We'll get it to you right away for your gift to the ministry. May I be bold to ask that you be generous in your giving as well? Pray about how much the Lord might have you give to help this daily ministry. Keep sharing the great story. Here's the number to call. 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or go to our website, watch the trailer for the movie. You can make your gift then when you visit haventoday.org haventoday.org. And don't forget, we still have the book called Our Faithful Queen, 70 Years of Faith and Service about Queen Elizabeth II. Learn more about her faith in Jesus Christ in a picturesque way, with not just pictures, but stories, true stories, and devotions that she wrote and prayers that she offered covering her historic reign. It's there on our website, or ask about it when you call. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we'll be sharing together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. What's the catch? How many times do we ask this question in our lives? Maybe it's an ad in a magazine or one of those infomercials on TV. Some product that just seems too good to be true. We're usually right to be suspicious of these things, of course. After all, how often is anything as good and easy as it seems? But the greatest news we could ever hear does not have a catch. It's too good not to be true. As the Apostle Paul said in Romans 10, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that's it. No catch. No fine print. Call on Jesus. You will be saved. It's that simple. Go deeper in God's Word daily with Anchor Devotional. Try it out at getanchor.com.